Good evening and hello. It is 7.30 here, so if it's not 7.30 there, then good morning, good afternoon, whatever it may be, and hello. Welcome to episode number two. Episode number two of, we finally came up with a name. Aww. We didn't even say the name in the last one. I know, we didn't even say our names in the last Except one. Except for like halfway through. No, like the end. Yeah, so um, my name is Grace. And I'm Christina. And this is our podcast, Planted and Growing. Um, so today we're going to be talking about mindfulness, which kind of ties into surrendering and letting go. Um no real specifics when it comes to those topics. We're just kind of, just gonna kind of... Free ball it. <laughs> yeah, which is what we usually do. Usually isn't the second time going about it. Um, I did write a couple of pointers that I thought were relevant. Um, so I know that a lot of people talk about finding mindfulness, which is something that you also brought up too. Um, and I, I just thought it'd be beneficial to look up the legitimate meaning of mindfulness. So there's two, the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. And then the second one, a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations used as a therapeutic technique. I like that second one. Oh, yeah. It's real specific. And that was like the first thing that came up on Google too. Um, that one sounds a lot like meditation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, like breathing, present moment. Right. May I see it? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, basically mindfulness is awareness, which is presence, which is being in the moment. It's Being all, in your body. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like the used as a therapeutic technique because it's definitely a a a time when you are trying to you know, be aware of your emotions, and when you're aware of your emotions, then you can learn from them. Sure. You yeah. don't have to. Uh, you don't have to uh, push them down, like we were saying in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have them and learn from them and figure out what those emotions are telling you, but just be aware of them and not, yeah, have them consume you. Right. Yeah. So. Like I just said a couple of sec- seconds ago, bringing awareness is the same as being mindful, which is the same as being in the moment, just like that second definition said. Um, it's really easy to escape the moment, I feel like, especially with all the, dis- the distractions we have so readily available. And most of us not only find it easier to not look at what's going on, but we just genuinely don't know how because mm-hmm. it's not really something that is taught. Mm-hmm. It's something that has to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is another note that I put that um, it's not something to find but to remember. And as a child, we are innately present. It's kind of just embedded into us to be focused on the task at hand and what we're doing. And we don't really think about other things. Mm-hmm. Um I know like when you're a child and you're playing, you're just focused on playing and like, you know, you're so wrapped up in what's going on. You basically make like an entire world out of like, for example, my boyfriend's daughter used to play with chopsticks and like Mm -hmm. she'd have the time of her life just creating scenarios and like making, you know, like cute little stories. And, you know, I'd hear her just being like, and then mommy said whatever (laughs) with chopsticks. And it's just crazy, like how present those children are in those moments when they're imagining things and being creative and using their brains. And I think that's really, really sweet. And that's like 
one of the the um, most enjoyable things about being around her is mm-hmm. being free to be a child. Definitely. You know, like, I don't feel like I have to be the adult. I don't feel like I have to, like, look at her on a different level or downgrade her existence. It's just we're on the same level, and sometimes there's things that I have to try to explain to her in the most ordinary sense that I would explain to you, you know, Mm -hmm. because I realize that, you know, looking down on them is, it's not going to make them understand any more than it would anyone else. Right. So. And that's like, it's good for, it's good for an adult to recognize childlikeness because everyone was once a, once a child and the, you were in your body as a child. So Think to yourself of your inner child mm-hmm. and what were you like when you were a kid? You were free to do whatever you wanted and say whatever you wanted and feel whatever you wanted to feel. Exactly. Yeah. You don't, and you don't, you're not at that point, you're not turned to be like, oh, I don't like this feeling. I'm not going to feel it. Like you don't have an option because mm-hmm. it's so overwhelming because like that's mm-hmm. another thing about being present when you're a child is that the feeling is the feeling and it's strong, but it goes away as quickly as it came. But at least they're aware of it because they're processing they don't, it yeah exactly because they don't have another option they don't know anything else but mm-hmm. to feel it and experience it which is why kids will throw tantrums but then you bribe them with a cookie and they're fine you know it's just like <laughs> they are gonna feel it and they are and they might not know the depth of it or like you know as to why exactly they are upset but at the same time like getting onto their level and like looking them in the eye and be like talk to me like what's going on versus being like you shouldn't feel that or, like, why are you being this way? I think that's, like, the first step into why kids, like, discard their feelings. Right. Well, all of those, like, interactions that you have with children, you can have implemented in your adult life as well. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those emotions and things that you do as a kid, you can be a goofball as an adult as sure. well. You don't have to let go of that. And when you, you know, get down on someone's level and speak to them like a human being... That's something you should be doing as an adult as well. Exactly, which people don't. (laughs) So it just goes to show that if you're not doing it with a child or you're not doing it with an adult, you're probably not doing it, like, vice versa. But it just takes practice. It does take practice, yeah, sure. And that's what it is with mindfulness is that Mm -hmm. it just takes practice for you to have a one-on-one conversation with a person and just be open and honest in yourself. And it's difficult yeah no it really can be especially since a lot of the times we don't even know what's upsetting us in the first place so having to explore our own upset and then also talk about it (laughs) it's it is like a process yeah Yeah. exactly it's like i don't know what i'm feeling let alone am i able to explain it to you so give me a minute yeah um what else do i have here i put easy to do just requires full attention so is that from your head yeah that's what i put i i mean i guess it sounds a little bit like it's easy that's how Um, i read it (laughs) right yeah because i mean so i when i think of difficult situations i realize that i am the one making it difficult i agree (laughs) it's like about myself as well (laughs) okay right so when i heard this example okay there's this um this audiobook from mod sun and um i've heard it it's yeah it's amazing and in one of them there's like five um separate parts that he has on spotify and one of them talks about there's no such thing as hard um 
And so I don't know exactly, I can't remember off top, like what he goes into detail explaining about how basically it's not the thing itself that's hard. It's you putting yourself in in front of yourself that makes it hard, like Mm -hmm. being your own obstacle. So it's like sitting down and looking at something and focusing on it, whether it be literally like out in front of you or inside of you doesn't is not difficult but staying with it is probably difficult because Mm -hmm. it brings usually pain Mm -hmm. um so i that's why i put easy to do because being aware is not hard but it's staying aware and staying present and practicing it and implementing it and keeping it a thing that is tangible is probably when it starts to get difficult because like everything it takes practice to like Mm -hmm. master um i i agree about the practice because i think that i had been pretty consistent with my whatever self-care routine and mindfulness routine and trying to have do like consistency in your life can greatly improve your life. So I was doing, I was doing well for a decent amount of time. And then I kind of slipped off for a decent amount of time as well. And I'm back on track, (laughs) but I'm like thinking it's because I'm implementing the things that are making me feel good. I have my, my screen on my phone says, uh, self, oh my gosh, hold on. Can't remember. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh, I have to clear that up. Self-care helps everything else work better. It's true. So. Oh, but that's a whole nother episode. (laughs) Oh, I know, right? But yeah, so I just, and that, so that's, you know, just having a mindful practice and, not letting my emotions sweep me up and take me away and I just go with them and just go down this spiral and and not do anything to get myself out of the spiral. So that's what the awareness is, is, oh, I'm feeling this way. What's the solution? Not necessarily a solution, but what's the, what's going to unfold? So I'm going to surrender to what's going to happen after this. Sure. Definitely. Yeah, um, it's so weird how sometimes the things that are best for us are the hardest to do. Oh, yeah. Like, the things that are the easiest, like washing your face and brushing your teeth, that should just come naturally. Sometimes you're just like, I don't wanna. And it's like, <laughs> okay, bitch. Oh, yeah, you're your own up. worst enemy, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. I put um, bringing awareness to emotions, situations, etc. allows space to see things for what slash how they truly are instead of through the veil of the emotions behind it. Mm. So um, I feel like um, I've also heard this somewhere else that I'm not sure where or exactly verbatim what it said, but it's something along the lines of, um, well, essentially everything is fleeting. Everything is temporary, especially thoughts and emotions. Mm -hmm. But it's when we grab onto those emotions that the thoughts turn it into something bigger than it is. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time we'll feel a certain way and then we'll think about how we feel and then we'll think about, well, I feel this way because of whatever, whatever, whatever. And then it'll just pursue instead of being like, okay, well, I'm I'm accepting that I'm feeling this way. It doesn't necessarily why I'm feeling this way. I just need to feel it. And so then it becomes like a huge problem and that's when we start to grab onto it and hold on for dear life, which comes, um, which uh, follows into letting go, like how I said earlier. So when you're attaching onto an emotion, it's no longer an emotion, it's a thought. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. because the emotion is so fleeting, it comes and goes, but we want to hold on to it because the ego likes to, mm-hmm. it basically gets off on that shit. Mm-hmm. So it's holding on to it. And then every time you think about that situation, it brings about those same emotions. Mm-hmm. That's why people like to inflict, the, well, they don't realize it, but essentially they like to inflict pain upon themselves by having this story or like right. this thing happened to me and you bring it up and you bring it up and you bring it up mm-hmm. and you're basically stuck in that emotion, mm-hmm. in that thought, in the past no longer present, no longer aware, no longer mindful that what you're feeling is an old feeling. It's not new. It's not current. It's old. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't even remember. Well, it's just, yeah, being, it's where you want to have your energy. Do you want to be in your mind or you want to be in your heart and in your body and aware and present your mind, your ego is going a hundred miles per hour and it's not where you should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you should have a lot of good balance with mm-hmm. it. I'm like thinking to myself the other day, what would it be like to not have thoughts? You know, people are like Buddhist monks and stuff and are meditating for long periods of time. And are they trying to eliminate thoughts from their brain or are they just um, being aware of the thoughts? I was just reflecting on that. And I'm like, well... I am grateful for having thoughts. It is nice to, like, have a critical mind and to learn and to grow. Um, So I I do appreciate my mind, but I can just have more awareness of what the thoughts are and definitely, like, attach them to the emotion. Like, because then my body's, like, physically reacting to the emotion. Right. And I can be like, hey, mind... See, my body's doing this, and that's why I'm feeling this way. Right. And then you don't produce a tear out of thought, you know. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. Or I'm like feeling anxious, and then I go into my mind and I'm like, why am I feeling anxious? Or whatever. And it's definitely just trying to find the balance in that. Sure. Um there's something else I was gonna say, but I can't remember. So if you have something to say, go um, for it. <laughs> I think what I was going to chime in there was, um, oh my God, is this happening to me too? No, no, I I got mine back (laughs) Okay, good. Please go. (laughs) I actually was just thinking about something that you had just said, and I don't exactly remember what you just said, but it made me think about this. Today I was thinking um, about how I have a tendency of creating other people's thoughts in my head. For them? Yes. What you think they think? Yes. Sure. Yeah. So that's something that I was just reflecting on right now when you said something. And I'm like, that's something I'm working to let go. Like, that's a big step in mindfulness where I'm not trying to go into someone else's head and, fi- and like, create a scenario right. or create emotions or anything. It's completely unreliable and unrealistic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, so, and you know that when you're doing it, but mm-hmm. it just, it, it goes and it happens and it keeps going. Yeah. And I think that, that I think... That is what I've been struggling with in the last few months is having a thought process of how someone feels about what I'm doing or my actions. And how do I even know that they feel that way? Yeah. Well, you're not alone because that happens (laughs) to me too. Well, no, for sure. to everybody, I feel like. And it's, I, yeah, no, I was thinking that as well. I was like, that's probably something very relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, But how good would that it's something I've thought about before in the last few months too but I feel like it's just a really good feeling to like be like the only place I can be is right here right now in my in my head Mm -hmm. in my body and I can't really control what's going on in your head I'd like to I'd like for you to have peace but right 
Um, yeah, and the only way to know is to ask if it's something that concerns you, mm-hmm. and if you feel like you're, you know, you're getting an off vibe from them. Yeah, like, something like that. You know, yeah. then if you want to know, you have to find out. You know, there's no way unless you ask. Um, what I was gonna say earlier was. Um, like the thoughtless versus awareness of the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say about how, like, I don't even know if there's an actual legitimate number of how many thoughts a human has a day because I think it varies from human to human. Um, I have found myself in moments of thoughtless thoughtlessness, but then I'm like, hey, I'm not thinking anything. <laughs> and I'm like, wait. <laughs> so um, it does happen sometimes for me, but the moment that I that I realize I'm not thinking anything, then it starts to produ- I produce thoughts. But mm-hmm. I think there's a big difference between thoughts that you produce on your own, like when you are critically thinking about something, like you have something in front of you. Uh, yeah, definitely. And you're going off of that and you're like, well, let me think about this situation versus the flood of thoughts that come on you know a daily basis, a moment-to-moment basis that are essentially out of our control. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, I think that's plays big into surrendering and realizing that we don't always have control of our thoughts, but we have control of what we pay attention to mm-hmm. and what we hold on to. And so I think that uh, bringing awareness into your thoughts won't necessarily turn them off, but it will make them nicer mm-hmm. and allow you to see the difference between your own thoughts that you are creating versus the ones that are being created for you, which is essentially the ego, the identity, and... Um, Unfortunately, we cannot live a human existence without an ego, so it's not up to us to kill it, but it's us to, up it is up to us to become friends with it. Mm-hmm. And in that case, um, for example, I can identify when I think something that I immediately know is not what I would produce a like a, a a thought that I would produce on my own. Like usually it's judgmental, negative or critical thoughts of people that I personally don't align with or um, think myself. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of um, at this point a normal thing to immediately judge somebody by how they look. That doesn't mean that I believe it or that I identify with it, but I think the ability to be like immediately after that negative thought, oh, well, maybe they're just this or maybe they're having a bad day or maybe that guy cut me off because he didn't realize I was behind him. You know, just yeah. things like that to immediately turn it around to kind of like uh, repave that those like pathways in our brain that immediately take us to the negativity. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I was all I've always been a pretty optimistic person, but um, it's it definitely takes a lot of practice to like get into the mindfulness of that like thought direction where I th- and, and with that, I think it, what helps me ground in, like, having the direction shift is immediately trying to find gratitude and, sure. like, figure out what is happening in this moment. And in this moment, like, in the outside world might seem negative, but what is this teaching me? Um, or, and that's not easy to get to right away, of course. Um, or... Um, yeah, just gratitude. Like, I'm freaking here on the earth. (laughs) Like, my troubles are not all that bad. Like, we can all just, you know, potentially live cohesively and peacefully Mm -hmm. together, but it just takes a lot of, like, practice over our emotions and our mind. I didn't mean to interrupt you if you had something else you wanted to say. No, you didn't. No, I was just spewing. I always uh, enjoy that, the input. Um, I don't exactly even know where I was leading <laughs> after what I had said anyway. So, but um, I remember like working at Meads. Um, we so it was a, a um, not a restaurant, but like a cafe, and we didn't 
serve people. They came up to a cashier and they would order from us. Uh, anyway, long story short, mm-hmm. um, people constantly coming up to you, like you, you have basically like, um, what word am I looking for? Um, I don't know, just like the day-to-day interactions with people, they're so short and so brief that the only thing that you really have to like make a um, assessment on or a judgment on is the way they look. Um, number one, it shouldn't matter. Number two, it doesn't matter. But right. your ego just wants something to attach to. Like it has to like make an opinion and form something based off that two to five minute interaction with someone. Um, and so I found that I was thinking some pretty rude things. And I'm like, why is this happening? Like, I don't actually feel this way. And so once I became more mindful of it, I would, like I said earlier, like mm. just immediately follow with something positive or in the, the moment they came up, I'd find the positive thing first before the negative thing could come through. And I'd verbally say it out loud to them. Hey, like, I like your whatever. I love your outfit. I like your glasses, you know? So, um, in uh, in due time, I found that I was becoming a lot less judgmental of other people and just allowing myself to be like, listen, brain, I don't know where you're going or why you think that's okay, but it's rude. So stop it. Because, like, why? You know? I feel like as a kid, you're, you're not really like that. You don't think twice about the way people present themselves to you. But then for some reason, as you get older, all of these things come to mind and I, I genuinely don't consider myself a judgmental person, whether that be um, like my, in the sense of my ego or out of it. But I also do know that sometimes I can judge people um, in my awareness, like in my o- aware state, I guess you could say. And then I'll realize, well, I don't like whatever about whoever because I see that in myself or like because I was there once and I feel like they should be here. Or something along I feel the lines that. of that, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just also taking a step back and being like, they're doing their thing, focus on yourself. Yeah. Actually, that's funny that you bring that up. But I think that uh, what made me... Uh, I, I'm, like, having a hard time starting a sentence. <laughs> that's my life. Oh, actually, that reminds me of something I was going to say earlier. When I'm stumbling like that and I'm getting all worked up, I just take a breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of this mindfulness is coming from breathing and having a connection with your breath and your heart and your mind, your body, and, you know, stepping into yourself and having more awareness. And I I think I've only realized this recently that I haven't been breathing very much. Like, mm. um, like I'll breathe in meditation or I'll... Um, I just made, had a realization, I guess, in the last week that I know <laughs> for the longest time... Molly. It's my dog. Sorry, she's causing a ruckus. She's just trying to get comfy <laughs> by the mason jars. <laughs> um that you had a realization of breathing you weren't breathing oh that I sigh that Mm. I like I'll I'll be on my computer and all of a sudden I'll just sigh and I'm Mm. like well I must be sighing because I'm not breathing people are always like what's wrong I'm like nothing I'm just breathing (laughs) my ex-boyfriend used to ask me all the time what's wrong because I'd literally be like (sighs) he's like are you okay I'm like yeah I'm just breathing super extra about it (laughs) but I totally feel you on that um yeah so I just realized that maybe I can 
bring more mindfulness to my breath. And then maybe if I'm breathing, then I'd have more clarity in Mm -hmm. my brain. That's the number one thing that I go to immediately in any circumstance where I'm feeling any kind of anxiety. Mm -hmm. It mostly occurs at night in bed with my partner after we hit our our wax pen Mm -hmm. and then I start to like think these thoughts and that's only recently like I was so I had stopped smoking for a while and then I just continued not too long ago because I found my pen because I lost Mm -hmm. it for like eight months Mm -hmm. um I don't really particularly like the way weed makes me feel as of right now so I've just been sticking with wax and it's it was really good up until like a few weeks ago um depending on like the level of high I'd get I'd get like anxious and weird Mm -hmm. uh hate when that happens but um even last night um you know it started to go off on a tangent like why doesn't he like me he's like literally in my bed um and so I just focus on my breathing and I heard this one chant from someone on insight timer it's om shanti ananda and I know ananda means bliss but I say that all the time I say it all the time so anytime I'm like in a moment of distress or I'm not focusing on myself or the present moment or Whatever it may be, that's the one that I go to. Huh. I want to know if it's the same one I listen to. Probably. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's good. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. I, I listen to the Daily Insight every day now. Mm-hmm. And I have been really impressed with just the variety of information that they pre- present. It, it, if you have the free version of the app, they give you five minutes. If you have like a paid version of the app, you can have a longer meditation. Mm-hmm. But today's meditation was about triggers. Mm, I did see that on the homepage. And I listened to it and I actually want to listen to it again and journal about it because it is interesting to, you know, triggers, you can look at them as blessings and look at them as, you know, just more awareness. And if, I have, I had some, uh, the reason why I was stumbling over my words is I wanted to say three things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I had someone who has, was triggering me and I feel like one of the reasons why I was triggered by this person was because they were constantly blaming everything on me. And I was like, why am I feeling so triggered? I mean, that's like something that's trigger, triggerable <laughs> in general. Yeah. But I was also thinking that I also displace fault a lot as well or Mm. that's something I've been trying to reflect on and be more mindful of and so I'm like well that she triggered that in me for me to be a better person sure and it's yeah just interesting how that plays out but I would highly recommend inside timer of course Mm -hmm. I think that takes a huge step back to to, uh, be able to see that because I know for me I've, um, like just yesterday, I was like, why is, I was talking to my partner, I was like, why do some things that happen on a daily basis make me feel a certain way on particular days more than others? Mm -hmm. So for example, yesterday, I just had noticed the amount of people throughout the day on their phone, um, more specifically like walking their dog on their phone pushing their baby in a stroller on their phone, walking around the mall on their phone, hanging out with a friend on their phone. This is an everyday occurrence. I see this in my day-to-day life. But for some reason yesterday, I was just like, bro, 
you all are annoying. Like, I don't know why. And I think it's because I've been upset with myself about how much I've been on my phone. Mm -hmm. And it's not in those circumstances because I do want to be present. And I think that I am present. Um, I always try to be like when I'm around people, um, you know, when I'm out to eat with people more specifically, um, I don't really take my dogs on walks. Um, avidly so but just in general like I'm trying to be on my phone less and I think that lately I've been slipping up so that's why I've been upset um that's why I was upset yesterday about these people so being able to bring awareness to that is pretty tricky I think because a lot of the time we can point the finger but there's a saying that like the finger that you point out there's three pointing back at you Mm -hmm. like how (laughs) many double check (laughs) yeah like thumb doesn't count, right? Um, so I think that's a really important lesson to take in. And sometimes I genuinely can't find the mirror. Like I don't know what it is about this person or about this thing that is making me feel away. But I realize that it always, about 98% of the time, has to do with myself. Yeah, I mean, my realization definitely took a long time. So don't give me too much credit. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I thought you were saying this all happened within like a matter of minutes. So I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Oh, no, not at all. You're like, I, it's been like three months. She's been triggering me for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, three months, three minutes, it doesn't matter as long as you're able to figure that out and then move forward and, you know, bring peace upon the situation in whatever way works best for you. And uh, with you saying that, it makes me, what I was thinking is that it's just a journey. And then that's what life is. It's constantly changing. It's constantly, like, learning and interacting and just moving. And like we were saying earlier, surrendering. Mm -hmm. and, And you have to, you know, never mind. I don't know. <laughs> you have to. I'm like, what do you have to? you have to? I mean, that's I not not true. I know. Well, I was going to say you have to be in your body and be present, but I feel like I've said that a million times already in this episode. So Yeah, well, it's true. Can't really it get is. around it. I know. Speaking of surrendering, um, so I graduate from school in like two weeks. Yay, and um, thank you. And I am just completely surrendering to the process of finding a job afterward. Oh my um, gosh, I could totally talk about this. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> Meaning like, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to bring my resume. I'm going to put my, be- my best foot forward, but I'm not tripping about the result because having expectations, creating scenarios, and ultimately just expecting things to turn out a certain way is, is potentially the... Um, the route to my demise if I were to lead um, the next month or so in that way. So, um, yeah, just surrendering to the process and knowing that everything is going to be taken care of as long as I'm doing the work that is required and that I don't spend my time worrying about, you know, how it could go and just, I don't know. It's been a while because, I mean, you know, I worked at my last job for two years Um, And then I went into a completely new profession, been in school for eight months, um, and the massage therapy world is so big. You know, there's so many things I could do. I think that's why it's so exciting, Um, knowing that not only am I looking forward to the the future versus planning it out, and also not having any expectations of what could happen, and just knowing that there is a bunch of possibilities that um, you can just wait tenfold. Yeah, there's so many things I could do. Like, if I wanted to, I could get on a cruise for 
three months and mm-hmm. work as a massage therapist on a cruise. I could work um, at a hotel and, like, you know, travel. I could, um, you know, do medical, chiropractic. I could do, you know, there's just so many options, and it's really cool. But anyway, back to, like, what I was mm-hmm. saying is just the surrendering of it all because I know for some people it could be really uh, gut-wrenching, and there's so many, like, potential opportunities. But in those potential opportunities, there's a lot of, desired outcomes I guess um and so kind of just dropping all of that and just you know understanding that I've put so much out um out of the goodness of myself and out of the love I have from what I do and helping people and knowing that it's going to come back to me in whatever way it comes back to me whether that's a really good job um you know a lot of money making good connections with people if not all of those things any one of them I'm fine with. I, ju- mm-hmm. I just think that it's really important for me to allow the process to happen on its own without um, pinning any kind of expectation on it. Definitely. Um, I can relate. I was unemployed for a period of time. And during that time, I had, you know, job opportunities and interviews, some that, you know, I would have a lot of expectation for or some that um well some that I have expectation that maybe I would just get it expectation that maybe um this was like a perfect fit and I really want this position um and when I had like a whole entire journey about it and I realized that I needed to surrender to the situation because that would bring me the ultimate peace. I mean, I knew that the entire time, but it's a, you know, a matter of actually doing it. Sure. Yeah. And with uh with with surrendering and then just listening to my intuition and trying to manifest the future that I want um or just have the best intentions for how it's supposed to the outcome is supposed to be. And when I was able to surrender and let go, I I had an opportunity for a position that I really wanted and really thought that I was going to get, and it didn't work out. And then it was really kind of like crushing, but then I was like, okay, what was the good in this? Well, I had a lot of like interview experience for like a higher level position Mm -hmm. that like really made me very nervous and shook me up a bit. And so when I had the opportunity to interview for the position I have now, I had so many interviews behind me that felt like, at the time, annoying and I wish I already had a job and all that type of thing. But with like seeing it (laughs) from now, yeah, yeah, the hindsight, um, those were just prepping me to like have a really kick-ass interview and get a dream job. Sure. And so I think that it's it's not going to come easy to surrender sometimes but when you do it's gonna um it's gonna bring you more peace Mm -hmm. I think you have to like just let go of like for those interviews now now that I'm like maybe more than a year beyond that moment I can just breathe a little bit more or uh I don't know you know it's just there's a lot of opportunities to grow Mm -hmm. you know yeah. Um, and 
with surrendering comes surrendering to the only constant in life, mm-hmm. which is change. Um, Amen. Thankfully, I, I feel like for the most part, besides certain aspects of life, which you which I would say in my past relationships, I've been pretty uh, easy at letting go of things. Mm-hmm. Um, more, more so in the last like th- three years, I would say, um, whether it be material possessions, um, you know, past instances, people, whatever. Um, it just, it really breaks my heart when people have a lot of hard hardship and a lot of struggle with change because it's literally the only thing that we have to count on. It's the only reliable thing. It is the only expectation that is valid to have is that things are going to change. But I don't think that people realize that though. Too. No, I feel of course like, not. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, it's that concept is if you can grasp onto it, then it is really easy to accept it. But there's so many people who think that things need to happen a certain way mm-hmm. and, yeah. or have to, you know, follow the timeline and then it need yeah. Like you have, and that's the, the, there's freedom with embracing um, oh, yeah, the change. Entirely. Yeah. I know I struggled a lot with my last relationship, letting it go when I knew damn well that, well, first of all, it was completely mutual. There was no, hey, like, I don't like you anymore. It was like, I'm in love with you still, but I think it's time to move on, which is, Mm -hmm. I think, the hardest way to break up when you're both on the same page. But we just felt like the tide was shifting and that things were going in different directions for us. And to be fair, we were really young. We were, what, 20? Um, Even though that was only three years ago, it feels like forever ago. I think there's been a huge growth period from 20 until now, which I'm almost 24. Um, And... I, like I said, so being in that position with him made it harder to move on. Also, one of the reasons why I felt like things were changing and ready to, um, it was, it was time to move on and let go was because I had met someone new, which is my current boyfriend and having feelings for someone else. I was like, what, (laughs) what do you mean? What's going on? So I, Basically, um, at the end of all of it, it took like over well over a year to completely like, if not longer, get over my ex while still um, figure things out with my current boyfriend, um, which we have now been together for almost three years. So you can see how like the mix of things could get really messy when you have someone you're in love with and you meet someone new that you really like and you're like, I didn't know that I could have feelings for two people at once. Um but I found myself clinging on to not necessarily him or the relationship, but the person that I was inside of it because I grew a lot with him and he really um, allowed me space for that growth. And so I knew that I had feelings for this new person, but I couldn't let go of him because I felt that maybe holding on to him would keep me as the same grace that I was when I was with him, mm. which is inevitably impossible. Mm-hmm. And um, it took me a really long time to realize that. And there was a lot of things that I did because I couldn't let go that came out to be really hurtful to the people involved, including myself. And so it led down to a path of um, essentially self-destruction in the sense of hurting these people continuously. And it hurt myself, but I didn't know how to get out of it. So I just keep doing it over and over. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, yeah, and then when I realized, like, holy shit, like, it's not you that I miss. It's the person I was, <clears throat> excuse me, that when I was with you, 
um, I think that was like a big turning point. And then I realized that I can be whoever the hell I want to be whenever I want to be. And that Mm -hmm. being with a person doesn't allow me to, um, or not allow me to be the best version of myself. And so that realization came and then another realization came and like literally from one to the next 180, like I'm ready to like show CJ, who is my current boyfriend, that I'm like ready to commit to this Mm -hmm. relationship. Um, but essentially what it came it came what it came down to was difficulty letting go and surrendering into a new love because I was comfortable with the old one. Mm-hmm. Comfortable with my old self, but not the new self that was being all the layers were being shed and I had to completely figure out who I was without this person. Not to say that I was um, dependent on him at all or codependent. It wasn't even like that. I just really, you know, enjoyed being the grace that was with my ex and so having to let that go was really hard um well it's I think what what was hard was the shedding of the layers right that's what right you were saying. yeah like mm-hmm. I think that what we're saying with the difficulty of change and how it's consistent is it change also requires some shedding of the layers yeah and, and so. doing things differently like you yeah, can't you keep doing ch- you the same have, things you have to do something different yeah exactly like I, I kept doing the same thing and expecting a different result and that's like the definition of insanity mm-hmm. so you know and it's not only is your life going to change but when that happens obviously you have to do different things along with those changes because it's not going to work it's like putting uh you know two ends of a puzzle piece together that don't fit it's not going to fit because they change shape Mm -hmm. it's it's not possible um and so I think that one of the biggest difficulties of change is finding new things that do work for that for those different scenarios for those different people for the different job for the different lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know um because there's only it we only have um, certain things that we can do for so long before we're like, well, that doesn't work anymore. You know, on to the next. Mm-hmm. I feel like it takes a really big wake up call to be like, this isn't fucking working anymore. Yeah, you have to like wait. You have to watch for the signs a lot too. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, that you agree? Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. That's uh, one of my favorite quotes is the only constant is change. And like I mentioned right before we got into this topic, I'm really grateful that I'm able to, I think I actually thrive in change. Me too. Like at the end of the two year mark at my last job, I was like, I am ready. And I never looked back. I remember what I was going to say now. Okay, go for it. Um, A metaphor that I was coming up with was we're like scientists and life is our experiment and you can just have a whole bunch of tests yes and you just test and see if it works yeah if it doesn't work yeah and you move on to the next experiment exactly i think of it the same way but just like as a video game like <laughs> like in the video game it's formatted for all like the infinite different possibilities that you could choose and each mm-hmm. one has a different path fork in the road and then you choose from there and then you choose from there and it's all just a big fucking game and we literally get to play it however we want and the thing about the thing I like the most about the metaphor of it being a game is that it's a game and it shouldn't be taken that seriously Mm -hmm. you know because at the end of the day like we're all gonna die (laughs) you know like not to get morbid but I mean I don't know man just things don't need to be that serious like obviously things need to feel a certain way for you to feel you know secure but even then like what is security 
Right. You know, there's this song I really like, and one of the lyrics say, like, um, I refuse to, like, let go of my aspirations for a desk job for security. Like, what the hell is security? Right. Um, And it's, like, something along the lines of that. Mm -hmm. And then I know Jim Carrey had said something also along the lines of, I can never remember these Oh, my God. I just heard it today. I just heard it today. You can fail at what you don't like, so might as well try and see if you can, or, like, you know. That's funny. It was a different Jim Carrey quote, actually. Oh, okay. You got to look excited. You, like, didn't deliver the right one. I'm sorry. No, it was the Omri Marcus podcast that I was Mm. listening to on the way here. And so. I listened to that one today, too. our favorite podcast. Yes. Oh, he's great. Um. The Jim, oh, uh, Dana, Dana Kapatrick, the guest on Dana Kapatrick, yeah, yes. She was saying that Jim Carrey had said, I wish everyone knew what it's like to be rich because it's not all that, it is, it's not all cracked up to yeah. what people think it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. And that's just like, let your life unfold. Don't have like these huge expectations to like have some type of societal uh, level. You can live in peace with your life. And have things unfold. And if you become rich, you become rich. If you have something that you can share with the world, share it with the world. Yeah. Um, and then just go from there. Um, but as long as we're all trying to, like, as a collective, bring betterment to the collective, then I think that it would just, the earth would be better off. I agree. I'm trying to look up this quote. You can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Yeah, I agree. I like that one a lot. It feels better to be doing something that you love, for sure. And me and my boyfriend talk about a lot um, about like the struggle of doing what you love, because right now he mm-hmm. is in school to be uh, either a theater or a writing major, and um, he's really passionate about what he does, and I think that that's just like, the biggest step you could take towards you know, creating something for yourself. doesn't matter if it takes five years to get a degree out of it or what. I think just putting yourself out there and following what you love versus going straight to, like, a math class, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's it's ultimately going to put you in a higher position versus, you know, going against someone who's going to school just to get a degree, just to get a desk job for the rest of their life. And if you enjoy going to school to get a degree to work at a desk job, then Who's to say that's wrong? Right. Everyone has different aspirations. For sure. But I think the most important thing is going for the aspirations. Right. You know, because like that quote said, like you can fail either way. So why not just try to do what you love and see Mm -hmm. how it goes? And I mean, even then there's really no such thing as failure because failure is your greatest teacher. Mistakes are your greatest, your greatest lessons learned. If you do learn from them. I mean, shit, sometimes it takes a few times, but... (laughs) Still. That's why I told you I've been reading my journal entries because I'm like, shit, I've been telling myself the same thing for months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, speaking of, um, I've. that's why I was so upset about that YouTube video that I tried to make because, you know, me, I've been wanting to make them for so long. Mm-hmm. And I have two. Like, I've filmed two in the past week, and that's, like, huge for me. I haven't right. done that since I was, like, 12. So, <laughs> like, literally 12. So, um, to be editing it and then have it just not work out is really, really frustrating, and it just makes me want to give up. But I know that I can't give up that easy, and there has to be a way around it. I just have to start over, start over again. But... I think it's good content. It may not get a million views. I mean, it probably won't get a million views, but I mean, I'm out here just trying my best like everyone else. So just yeah, surrender to the process. Yeah. You just have to start and you're, I 
and then it's another constant, I think, that... Um, so the, there's constant and change, but there's also constant and, like, it's not going to be easy street, like, ever. It's going to... You're going to run into a difficulty 100% of it. Not like what... I mean, you know, as you, you bring mindfulness into your life, things get easier. You get to process things easier. But regardless you're still going to run into challenges. Yeah, and if I don't face them now, then I'll run into them again and not know how to do it and then give up all over again. So mm-hmm. I might as well just learn how to do it correctly now so then I can do it correctly in the future. Mm-hmm. Get out. <laughs> Get out of here. Do you think this concludes my podcast? Yeah. I think I've said everything that I wanted to say. <laughs> so... I think that I said everything that I want to say, but I actually have thought of other things. Yeah, I'm sure as soon as we end it, I'm going to think about something. Well, no, that can be other podcast episodes too, though. Like, I think that in the future, if you guys want to, like, leave us feedback on podcasts, we can have uh, information about uh, things that we linked. We can link in our description show book. No, that's not a description. What is it for podcast language? I don't know. Show notes. That's what it is. I have no idea. So we can. I think it depends on the platform that we post it on. Because obviously, if we do on YouTube, there is going to be a description box. Right. So description box, description box, and in the show notes that, uh, you know, that book that Grace mentioned, the audiobook, Moon Sun. Mod Sun. Mod Sun. Yeah. Moo Sun. <laughs> and I know sometimes you make me feel like such an old lady. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. No, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I've never felt this way before. <laughs> I'm 30, flirty, and thriving. Am I right? Yes, amen. I've been saying that for weeks. Um, but yes. Oh, um, just like, so we've talked a lot about mindfulness and like concepts and stuff, but there's also good ways to like, um, there's more tools. I think that that could be an entire um, podcast episode. And so if you guys have any feedback for us, like you've listened to maybe the first episode in this episode, we'd appreciate it. But it's been fun chatting and Mm -hmm. as always Mm -hmm. all right signing off peace